You're listening to the Homeboys Podcast, recorded in our Indiana office and with combined 40 years of experience. Here's your hosts, Clint and Scott. Hey, everybody, you're with the Homeboys. We're excited to have you here today. We got a very exciting show. We're talking location, location, location. I'm Clint Weatherill. As always, I'm here with uh, my partner in the force, Mr. Scott Adams. How are you? Couldn't be better. Got a uh, Star Wars themed uh, thing going on, rocking the Star Wars coffee cups. Yeah, it all started, uh, you brought these in the other day, and uh, you know we're both uh, from that generation where this was everything to us. It still is everything to me. Mm-hmm. We, uh, Me and my four-year-old just got caught up on The Mandalorian this past weekend, and I don't want to ruin it for anyone that hasn't seen it, because I know you have not yeah. seen all of it, but... There are some really big paydays along really? the way for traditional Star Wars fans. Like, I was totally dorking out. I'm still dorking out over it. Um, pretty uh, pretty special. Yeah, I, but, I can't uh, wait. To, you know, my kids are one in college and one's a senior in high school. And, um, you know, I regret not doing more Disney trips. But I think we got one more in us for sure. And because uh, I want to see all the Star Wars stuff that... Uh, I hear it's just amazing down there. We just got back in October. It's where I picked up uh, my Obi. Never mind, it's not working right <laughs> now. My Obi Wan uh, lightsaber, and uh, it's it's something else. The Galaxy's Edge and everything yeah. down there. It's it's pretty special for Star Wars geeks. Yeah, I wanna I wanna get down there and see it. So anyway, um, enough about Star Wars. Uh, location, location, location. It's the old adage that. Everyone always hears in real estate, no matter if you're looking for investment property or you're an owner-occupant, we're going to really dive in more along the investment property lines about right. location, location, location. And it's so very important, um, not only for people that know the area, but you know, extremely important for people that are buying out of state, which a lot of our you know, clients do because they they're not here and have their feet on the ground to know the neighborhoods quite. Yeah, like probably the, 90% like, of our clients. Mm-hmm never come and see their houses. And, um, and that's, we've seen that trend kind of growing as, uh, you know, the world's become more connected and you can do more research and more understanding, you know, online and through all those tools that are available now. So we see a lot of that. And it kind of goes back to things that we've talked about in the past, the on paper returns of certain locations versus the paper returns of other locations. Sometimes the really bad locations look good on paper. Uh, the good locations don't look as, as good, a lot of times it's finding a happy medium in there somewhere. but uh, Sounds but like you're teasing the old Goldilocks zone that we'll talk about later. I am. That's, a, that's an exciting piece to yeah. this. Um, but first, let's, uh, let's dive into our market a little bit. Sure. Um, you and I have spoke about it at many real estate conferences. You've kind of carried this topic on stage many times, so yeah. I'll let you dive into it. But you know, give us some stats and some insight on Indianapolis um, and what makes our market unique? Sure. I think you and I are both really proud of, of you know, being from Indiana. We just are. You know, it's, it's uh, I tell the story all the time about my, my grandfather, you know, moving up to this uh, part of town uh, as the first milkman in the area. And, right. and I tell those stories all the time. But, um, you know, we have a lot of pride in in our city and in the market that we happen to live in. It's, it's our home, but we both lived in Indiana our entire lives. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, we go back many generations here, both of us. And, um, you know, that 
the thing that makes Indianapolis and Indiana throughout really, you know, we're going to focus a little bit on Indianapolis, but this applies throughout the state because we, we are all kind of throughout the state um, is we have, we are basically the number one investment property state um, for residential investment real estate and have been for a very long time. I, I was looking up some, uh, I printed some old flyers that mm-hmm. we had, you know, and I, last from the past. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this goes back to 2011 mm-hmm. when Inman news was, you know, screaming about Indianapolis being the place for everyone to, to go and, and buy property. So we're pretty, we're pretty blessed and lucky that this just happens to be where we live. Um, and, and people, you know, ha- li- reasonably say, well, why would Indianapolis be that market? You know, what are the things that, that makes Indianapolis uh, a good cash flowing, you know, market? Cause it's like just that? some old podunky town, right. in the Midwest, right. with a bunch of rednecks, right? Right. Which, you know, is, is the, the first point is, you know, if you take out LA, New York, Houston, Dallas, the, the mega cities, if you take those out, Indianapolis is then in the top 10. So, you know, depending on what list you look at for size, you know, we're between, I believe it's like the 12th and the 16th, you know, it ranges how they, they, they judge city size by geographic or all that. But, you know, we're a large city and people don't realize that Indianapolis is. So we've got a, a serious population center um, and we've got that population growth too, which is, you know, real attractive uh, for cash flow. So when you're looking for cash flowing cities, you know, you want to have a few things. You want to have... Uh, a, a large enough population that it can support itself through thick and thin and, and the ups and downs. Um, you also want, obviously, a, a jobs market. And um, so some of the things that we see uh, that really make our market kind of outshine the this tier one list of cities, such as Memphis, Atlanta, Charlotte, where people look to go invest in cash flowing assets because the numbers tend to work. Indianapolis tends to outshine them in a few areas. And one of them is the the job space. You know, we talk about it all the time with, you know, we have one of the most diverse job spaces, but you can put it into those three categories of, um, you know, sports and entertainment, which people don't realize is so based here, NCAA headquarters and race teams and, uh, you know, Colts and Pacers. And we have the entire NCAA tournament this year in Indianapolis. I didn't even know that. And we, uh, because of COVID, it's all yeah, centered here right. in Indianapolis. But we get the Final Four every four or five years. Yeah. You know, Super Bowl in 2011 or 12. Gosh, has it been that long? Mm-hmm. We're a real sports-centric uh, city, and, and um, it's actually a large job space that people don't realize. Um, and then, you know, number two is we've got Eli Lilly headquartered here, which, as you know, is a magnet for all kinds of other people in the biopharmaceutical sector and, and insurance sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got those two. You've got another one emerging too, which is um, logistics. You've got FedEx. Um, their second largest hub is now Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. We, we built a new airport. Um, when was that? That would have been 2013, I believe. And so we had this this old airport. Ish, that was, no, I, I think that it was here by the time the Super Bowl came in. So I it think was. it's like 2010, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had this old airport that was still great. And so FedEx basically took that over. And, um, and it's amazing when you fly into Indianapolis now, all that warehousing out there, I'm always shocked. I mean, you're, it feels like you're flying forever and it's just warehouse, warehouse after warehouse, every warehouse. So that's become such a big sector. That new airport, everyone, it's been voted like 
the best airport in the country. Yeah. It's just so easy to get through. It's everyone that comes here loves it. It's uh, they did a really good job. You know, they learned from a lot of the the mistakes of that uh, the the first people dipping their toe in the new airport market like Denver, which is still a great airport, but um, it can be a long run from gate to gate there, as right. you and I experienced not long ago. I remember I was awesome. limping for a week yes, after sure. running from, from one end to the other to make our flight the last time. Really out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then there, there's one last job sector, which we're the Midwest, so there's manufacturing, you know. And so, and so that, what those things do, instead of diving into all of that, you know, overall what that does, it, it gives stability, you know, to our market. A stability that, that a lot of the other markets that people look at, like, say, uh, a Memphis. Memphis is a great cash-flowing market. It's a, uh, I'm a big fan of it. You know that, mm-hmm. and you are too. Um, we know a lot of the uh, providers of turnkey people down. that are like us yeah. that are down Yeah, there. and there's some great properties, but they don't have that diverse uh, job space. You know, They're, they really are heavy in one sector, um, which is FedEx. So, um, you know, that really makes Indianapolis and Indiana attractive for cash-flowing. The... Um, what all this leads to, though, is something that, that makes the numbers work, which is low cost of living and and really good job space and tenant market. So. I think that's a really important point to drive home because we've spoke a lot on the West Coast. Primarily, a lot of the um, conventions and uh, seminars that we've spoke at have been on the West Coast. Right. And I think that we didn't appreciate our cost of living until we really got out there and saw what people out there are dealing with, um, you know, and we would kind of go through the numbers of what, even like the houses that you and I live in and what you can buy, um, you know, here in central Indiana versus the Bay Area. Sure. Um, it's, we used to have a slide at, uh, that would show, what was it, $500,000? No, I think it was a seven fifty or a million. But it was that shack. Mm-hmm. It was literally a shack. What 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 seven fifty would get you in the Bay Area yeah. versus here in Indianapolis? Yeah, and it was a giant mansion. And we li- literally just went to the MLS and pulled whatever that house was for seven fifty from each market. Correct. Put them up there. And it's shocking. So, and that translates into investment property, you know, as well. Here, it does. So, if you're able to, you know, buy in a market like ours. A, a fully built, functioning family home for one hundred and fifty thousand, which you can hear, mm-hmm. good starter homes, and you've got rents in that twelve to thirteen hundred range. The numbers on that are really strong, you know, and they work really well. Um, and, and which is about our average it is. rent is about twelve fifty ish. And there's been a lot of the cities that we've seen come and go as really good cash flowing markets. You know, you and I, I was in love with Atlanta back in two thousand. Eight, nine, ten. I thought it was just the hottest market and the smartest market to invest in. Um, you know what happened is until like, you go to that airport and have to yeah. <laughs> be delayed, you know, two, three hours every time you go. Yeah. But besides <laughs> that, though, you know, we saw the prices spike. Right. And it no longer works. You know, and and so they aren't the most uh, stable. And I don't mean that in a negative way. They're just not a flat market. Right. They, they go up a little and down, so it doesn't work. And there's others like Charlotte. They come and go. But, you know, we see Indianapolis year after year after year being, you know, that top-tier city for that. Um, so, you know, as much as we'd like to say we picked Indianapolis because it's the best market, well, we just kind of got lucky because we live here, and, and it has been the best market for uh, turnkey investing no for years. Mm-hmm. So, so after that, you know, once you've kind of selected the city and – you know, that's not 
usually very hard for folks. We get a lot of people who look at a lot of cities and then come to us. What do we do beyond that? Beyond just, well, is all of Indianapolis great? Is all of the state great? You know, where, where do we buy? That's where having someone experienced really comes into play. Um, because let's say, you know, if you go suburbs versus the city, and let's just stay on like the more urban areas. Right. There are literally pockets within the city that butt up to one another that this is a good rental area and then right next to it is a bad you know rental area. We've got a big map in our conference room where we could point out those areas and people say, oh, well, you said that area is great. What about right next to it? No, one of the worst. Right. So you really have to be careful in the city because the pockets are very close to one another and there's areas that you simply just don't want to go into. Um, so, I mean, you have to look at a lot of different factors that, that go into that. We just talked about a client who came to us with a portfolio. We just talked about this. And it was, to me, I was kind of in awe that they could pull this off where they literally had purchased a house just outside of the areas we want, right on the bad edge of it, every mm -hmm. single one. Every single house was right outside of where it should have been just by like literally blocks. Correct. And it was a seven or eight houses, I, I think. I think it was closer to 10. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So it's really easy to mess that up. Right. And it's easy for these pretenders to go out there and get people messed up by selling them right. a house right outside of it that they can make more money on. So, you know, that's, that's important to work with someone who knows what they're doing and has the experience. But anyway... Um, no, you know, there's there's areas of downtown Indianapolis, which we have an amazing downtown that attracts lots of uh, conventions and, and in a normal world, obviously not now with COVID. But uh, there's some pockets right off of downtown where you've got rents of you know, $3,000, $4,000, and you could literally travel a half a mile, and you're in an area that you don't want, you know, you right. don't want your money there because um, it gets the, the, the crime rate you know, goes up, um, you know, the schools, right. You know, aren't as attractive. Um, so, you know, we, we see a people not understanding which areas mm -hmm. they should be in. And we also see a lot of people doing speculative, you know, on the outside of it. And that's just not something that we really preach. So we focus on, right. We, we don't really focus on timing, you know, the market, right. um, you know, we, we want to really, you know, get a sound investment from day one where it's going to be a sound investment, in year 10. Um, but, you know, we, we also have a very strong focus, a bigger for, focus for us is actually the suburbs. Um, we do a lot more homes in the suburbs. Um, and, you know, touched on it briefly, schools plays a big, a big role in that, where, you know, a lot of our tenants are our families um, looking for, uh, you know, for good schools for, for their, for their kiddos. Um, so what's our average uh, lease? Uh, or tenant stay that's different than the lease term it's over two years yeah just slightly over two years you don't you don't months. see that you know those terms you know standard in in the more urban areas you right know, there's this there's some suburban um boxes that get checked that that really help you know make investments work a little better out there right you know so we see a we see a heavy concentration in the suburbs whenever you get into the inner city, um, you do deal with with the higher crime rate. You do deal with you know the, the schools is a is a big you know piece of that. 
when you get into downtown, if you've got some of those types of houses, all those kids are in, in, are in private school in uh, some of those, you know, wealthier, you know, neighborhoods sure. that have been there since the early 1900s. Sure. Um, but, but we're not focusing on those for investments because no. they don't work. The numbers don't work. They don't work. You know, you get over a certain price point, there's a level of diminishing returns where you see the price of the house at 100000 and the rent, you know, stays kind of consistent, and then you get up over 250 and then the rent kind of just barely trickles up. And, you know, the price goes up, which means your cap rate is going to be a lot less. And it's just not nearly as attractive as an investment, which kind of brings me um, to our next point that we get a lot, you know, from clients. Um, our office is here in Fishers. Right. Fishers is a you know, great um, suburb. It's where I live. Um, you live in Carmel, just, right. uh, just, you know, a few miles away. People get on the internet and say, oh, Fisher's Carmel. Avon. You know, Avon, yeah. Zionsville, um, Brownsburg, those areas are great. That's where I want to invest. Right. Um, that's the area that we call the Goldilocks zone. Um, and it's not, uh, it's, we're not talking about my hair. We're not a topic right. that uh, we're going into. It's, uh, it's talking the numbers about don't the, work. The, the, the more affluent um, neighborhoods that people want to get into. Obviously, the price is going to be higher. The purchase price is going to be higher. Um, the rents don't go up nearly as much with that purchase price and the demand. Right now, um, you know, I sold my house a couple months ago. I was on the market for three hours. Um, anytime there's that kind of competition within the marketplace, it's really, really challenging to make the numbers, you know, work, you know, in that. So Sure. So, so when folks come uh, to us, and we, we hear it a lot which is natural. They, they research what the things that we're telling them are important, schools, crime, all of those. And they see that the best areas for those are Carmel, Fishers, um, you know, the Avons that we mentioned. And we don't offer houses in those areas. What is it that, why don't we? Why don't we, why don't we start offering those to our clients? I mean, basically it comes down to just, just the level of return it's just it's just simply um, you know not there. It, you've, you see very few foreclosures in those areas, which is you know one of our biggest you know uh, ways of acquiring properties to do um, is you know is tapping into to the foreclosure market. Um, you don't see nearly as many foreclosures, and a lot of times before they get through full foreclosure, you know. Um, it just, well, it just never hits. You know, it just right. never goes through the entire process. One simple way to put it is, you know, for $300,000, you can buy a starter home in Carmel or Fishers. The rents on that will be about 1500 Or you could buy two houses for 300000 in these other suburbs. Great point. With rents of 1200 So that's $2,400 per month you would be getting in on these two houses versus 1500 for the same amount of money. And mind you, I don't have the actual number, but if you went to the MLS and you looked at what's available in Carmel for under 300, I mean the list is probably, you know, very very small. Um I I'm talking probably more condos, sure. very few houses that that are even available. And like you said, that rent level is going to be somewhere 15, 16, 1700 and the numbers just aren't right. nearly as attractive. So we focus then on a lot of the suburbs outside of the, you know, the hottest of the hot, where the numbers seem to work the best. And one of the questions that I think people ask a lot is, um, you know, these aren't in downtown areas. Some of them are pretty far out, you know, as far out as Anderson, Muncie that we focus on. Um, 
you know, are there tenants for those? You know, that's the, the population base is Indianapolis, right? So we get that question a lot. We do get that a lot. Um, tapping back into an earlier point, we've seen a lot of the job growth, you know, hit the, hit the suburbs. Like if you go up north of here um, in Anderson, they just added, um, I think it was 1,000 jobs to the Nestle plant uh, that was already enormous uh, up there. There's, yep. um, there's tax benefits for, you know, companies coming in. There's a big casino, um, you know, up there. So we're seeing a lot of the job growth in these areas yep. um, just because the, the land is available and it's just, it's trending in that. But then as far as rental demand, the rental demand is still there. Um, there's not a lot available, you know, on the market, especially with the type of product that, that we're doing. Um, you know, the 1250 average rent range right. uh, that we do and, you know, the remodels that we do. We saw a big boom in construction um, in the larger markets like Indianapolis um, and such in the 2000s. Big boom, a lot of, a lot of houses built. They hadn't yet really gotten to these tertiary markets like Anderson and Muncie and started really building those out yet then. And what we've seen is that population grow over that time, and they hadn't even gotten yet to, the, to really building those out, and they sure as heck aren't anywhere close to doing it now. Um, so that's one of the, the strength factors that you and I talk about a lot is – there's, there's not enough housing. Um, you know, we, we met with the, uh, or I met with the economic development director for Anderson and he's, he's concerned because he's got all these jobs and all these plants from China that he, that are, have commitments and he's worried about where to put everyone. Um, you know, these are the things we hear all the time. So, you know, again, if you focus though, these are specific to our market. If you focus though on those crime rates, uh, you stay out of those urban centers. If you don't know a city or have someone who knows it like the back of their hand, it's pretty risky to try to pinpoint within those. You really, really have to do your research and find someone that truly knows what they're doing. We've seen a lot of mistakes, people not knowing some of these pockets that we're talking about, you know, to stay away from. Um, It's just, it's so vitally um, important. So we err on the side of caution with, with these little, like if we had a map here, I could we could show the three little areas that we really you know still believe in. Um, but we're very specific within those, you know, and and that's hard to do unless you really are an expert. So, you know, if you, if you're working with a group like us, they'll they'll know their city and know those areas to be. Um, but we just wanted to kind of help everyone understand what it is, you know. People, as you as you mentioned at the beginning, talk about location, 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 and it is one hundred percent true. We happen to be in a market, Indiana and Indianapolis, and its suburbs, that works really good for cash flowing assets. The numbers just happen to work. We have a good job space. All of the, all of those things we talked about. We also focus on certain markets within those, and then a step further, we focus on certain neighborhoods within those markets. That's hard for folks to do unless right. they have a team like us. But, you know, hopefully that helps people understand kind of the main things that they need to look for because this is the most important part when selecting a house. It is. I yeah. mean, location location is everything. Um, you know, I, I, I always go back to the, the fear-mongering to a slight degree. You know, if it sounds too good to be true, it most likely is, yep. and a lot of a lot of those cases are in areas that you just don't want to be in. So I would take a bad house in a in one of our areas over a perfectly brand new built house in a lot of those other areas. It's that important. 
it's that important that that you get pinpointed to the right areas and with the right you know folks in the right market. Um, so I encourage people to really a research the different cities. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of good cash flowing markets out there like Memphis, Atlanta, some of the others. Well, not Atlanta so much anymore. The numbers don't don't work as well. But there's other cash flowing markets out there that they can look at. So you know, just take a real quick glance. Make sure those ratios work, meaning you know you can get a good return on your money. Um, and then within there, find a good property group that knows those markets. We suggest focusing on the suburbs. I don't care where you are. It's just a product that works, and it's it's the easiest product to make work. And uh, within those markets, be real specific on what you're looking for and do lots of research, right? Absolutely. It's, a, it's an important topic. You know, we could dive into it a lot uh, a lot further and go into, like, all the pockets. But, you know, we do with all our clients, whenever they come, we kind of break down, you know, the entire sure. um, city and surrounding area. Very important to uh, to find that property group that knows what they're doing. There's literally not a city within, or excuse me, a street within the city of Indianapolis that you or I or our staff doesn't know and has been to at some yeah. point. But that's part of our combined 40 years of real estate experience. And another point would be don't get your feet stuck in the mud on a city. You and I, we started buying in Cape Coral, uh, Florida, like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were about a year into it, really spent a lot of trips, a lot of money going down there, researching it, started buying. And by the time we had purchased our third, second house, mm-hmm. the market had gone up so much that the numbers didn't work. And we literally went... An abandoned ship, and I think that's a that's a good that's a good mm-hmm. point, and something that we could wrap our show up you know up with. We went to Cape Coral, and we looked at all of these areas. This is just a way that we almost made a mistake. We yeah. went to a place called Lehigh Acres, and I know you know it well because you give me a lot of crap <laughs> on it. But before that, we really knew the area. We went and looked at a couple of the houses in Lehigh Acres. Mm-hmm. And I was mesmerized. I'm like, oh my gosh, we could get this house for this price. Let's buy 50 of them. Well, it was a brand, they were brand new houses, mm-hmm. meaning two or three years old at the oldest. And we could get them for like 30 or 40,000 mm-hmm. and we could buy hundreds of them. Right. And it's one of those things that I truly didn't know. I didn't know the area and we had to, you know, really do our research. But I mean, that's after we've had so much experience. And, you know, I had blinders on for, for a brief time. You know, investors, we see, you know, bite the bullet in areas like that. And man, that would have been a big mistake for us. Location. The location didn't, doesn't work. It didn't matter how nice those houses were. And it's easy to get caught up in I that. Know. I know. I mean, I, I look back and think about how excited when we were driving around. Oh, man, I was Seeing so all stoked. these brand new homes we could have. I know. How could it not work? It was, uh, it was a learning experience for me. Location is the f- number one most important thing when selecting a house. Number two thing is location. And then the number three thing, which is really important too, is the location. Absolutely. So, Well, that concludes our time for today. We thank you for joining us. Till next time, may the force be with you. Take care. Take care.